Ahoy there, and welcome back to Doman's Dawn. I'm Luke, he, him, sometimes they, them. And I'm Janine, and my... Ma, ma, ma. My pronouns are <laughs> she, they. <laughs> Coming in hot. <laughs> you got me. You got me, Janine. Wonderful. Uh, uh, Shall I? Uh, and 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 I'm Ken. Uh, he him. I don't have a clever intro. That was very good. Uh, yeah. Welcome back to Dillman's Dawn, the podcast where we discuss Simpsons and One Piece, and then try and map Simpsons characters onto One Piece characters, and it just gets more difficult with each episode until I think we're going to get to the bullshit seasons uh i was i was talking to ken before that uh we hit season seven or eight in the rewatch that i started just to like find characters for this damned podcast that we have started and abby like hey let's skip to stuff we haven't seen so we skipped to season 25 and it's like okay uh well here's an opening where everybody's instruments here's an opening where everybody is like Christmas elves. Here's an opening where Guillermo del Toro directed it, and we'll be good at a certain point for episodes when the episodes stop being good. Uh, but yes, uh, welcome to the show, Kin. Thank you. No, I'm I'm glad to be here. Excited to be here. Thank you for having me. And you are a uh, self publisher of comics and role playing games. Yeah, uh, so lately I've been publishing a lot uh, for role-playing games, uh, kind of shifted into that from comics under the moniker of Bannerless Games, uh, kind of started out with little supplements and adventures and been working my way up to full-blown party games and solo games. Mm -hmm. uh, I am a fan of some of these games that you have published and some of the comics that you have published. Uh, Killer Ratings, we did an episode of that for RPG Pals Club and... I would highly recommend people pick that out. Uh, Ken, if you had to run a One Piece RPG, what system would you use? Oh boy. Uh, I would use, I've really liked um, lately Lumen uh, because it's very much designed to be almost like a power fantasy type system. Uh, and these folks are clearly operating on a complete other level of uh, just batting each other around. So I think I'd go with Lumen. Uh, a lot of a lot of hijinks, a lot of uh, beat em ups, uh, and a lot of loot drops. Excellent. All right. Well, this week we are going to be covering episodes sixty two through sixty nine. Nice. Nice. Thank you. <laughs> of One Piece, and these episodes initially ran March twenty first through May twentieth of the year two thousand one. Getting close to 9-11. Getting wow. close. These are 20-year-old... These episodes are over 20 years old. It's wild to think wow. about. Yeah. Uh, the Simpsons episodes that came out concurrently were Bye Bye Nerdy, where Lisa has a girl who is bullying her, and she deals with her through science. Simpsons Safari, where the Simpsons go to Africa. Not a specific country, just Africa. 
Yeah. Uh, a trilogy of error, uh, which is the one where they do a weird sort of run Lola run inspired thing, except it's not actually inspired by it. They just use the movie and some or the music and some of the editing stuff. Uh, I'm going to Praise Land, where Ned opens a park full of Bible stuff and people start hallucinating. And uh, Children of a Lesser Quad, where Homer becomes a safety consultant and his own kids become jealous that other kids like him. Either of y'all have familiarity with these episodes? I don't think I've seen the Safari one probably since it aired. Uh, but yeah, no, I do remember that one. I forgot to ask, what is your general familiarity with The Simpsons? Uh, so The Simpsons... Uh... I'm an old man. I'm 41. Um, so with my family as a kid, we, we watched the Simpsons when they were bumpers on the Tracy Ullman show uh, and watched them myself, family alone, whatever, uh, probably through the 90s into about this era. Uh, I do know I went to the movie like the weekend it opened, which is 2007. Uh, so I think I was getting spotty by that point uh, in my watching. And I don't know, at some point I just kind of tuned out. I think uh, when Futurama hit around, I guess kind of around this, honestly, um i that just like hit me more uh at that time so i started to sort of transition out uh i have not i don't think i've watched an episode of the simpsons in probably 10 years so uh, obviously i've got a pretty some pretty uh deep lore here you you've got enough uh familiarity for the show at this point though when we are continuing on in like seven years and people need to be like well have you seen any of season 18 they say, no, they stopped making the DVDs. And I'm going to probably have to fact check myself on that next week. Uh, that's when we'll have issues. And did you have any familiarity with One Piece before? Uh, zero. Uh, having been a person who's been to comic conventions and stuff, kind of, sort of, by osmosis, but I never watched an episode or anything like that. Fair enough. Uh, well, in those episodes that we discussed, uh, new characters who we can now use in this include Baby Proofing Saleswoman, Galileo Galilee, C. Everett Coop, uh, Katenge, uh, Catwoman, Liza Minnelli, and George Jetson. You forgot a very important one. Linguo. Yes, I did not mention Linguo. <laughs> that was the robot, wasn't it? Yes. Yes, I had to mention it because... The, the the linguo stuff like i went back and i just like watched some of the clips of it still makes me laugh <laughs> there, there were still some good bits in those episodes like there's a weird period where like after they stopped being as aggressively and pointlessly transphobic for like two seasons then it gets back to being like pretty consistent, and then I think there's the point where you fall off completely for most folks. But uh, we are also here to quickly recap the One Piece episodes that came out during this time. The first obstacle? Giant Whale Laboon appears! A man's promise! Luffy and the Whale vowed to meet again! A pirate-loving town? Arrival at Whiskey Peak. Exploding Santoriu! Zoro vs. Baroque Works. A serious fight. Luffy vs. Zoro. The baffling duel. Deliver Princess Vivi. Luffy pirates depart. 
Try hard, Kobe. Diary of Kobe Meppo's Marine Struggles. Kobe Meppo's Determination. Vice Admiral Garp's Fatherly Pride. And that brings us up to episode 69. Nice. Nice. Uh, yeah, we we have, like, sort of three very brief arcs as we get into, like, the second leg of One Piece. Because uh, the party has finally crossed down the Red Line, which is when they encounter Laboon, who is a massive island whale at the bottom of the Red Line. Laboon eats the ship because... Luffy punches the whale trying to slow it down. Oh, I forgot to ask him. Did you watch subs or dubs? Uh, so I started on dubs, and then I eventually went over to subs because they scream a lot on the dubs, uh, and the subs are like a little more... <laughs> they do. They ju- they're just constantly yelling. Uh, like, I get that that's the vibe, but it was like it was very, like, it's always sunny in Philadelphia. Like, it kind of just got to me after a while. Um, so I, I swapped over to subs because they're a little more chill over there, and it was interesting. It kind of changed my perspective on a couple of the characters. Um, so I'll get into that as we get into the characters, but, uh, I guess about half and half, I would say. Okay. No, that's completely fair. Uh, so Luffy, meanwhile, got out of the boat and finds a hatch to go inside the giant whale. The rest of the crew encounters Crocus, a man living in Laboon's stomach, who takes care of the whale and even retrofitted Laboon to help, which, you know, sometimes you just go inside a giant whale. While uh, Luffy is wandering around, he encounters Mr. Nine and Miss Wednesday, who are supposed to kill the whale for meat, so Luffy knocks him out. And Crocus gives us Laboon's backstory, which is he came along with a group of pirates who went into the Grand Line and were supposed to return after three years. Never did, and so Laboon uh, wants to destroy the Red Line, which is, once again, the ring of mountains that circles the entire globe. And, uh believes that it is preventing his friends from seeing him ever again. Crocus lets them out of Laboon, and uh, Luffy decides, I know what I'm going to do. I'm going to make friends by stabbing the mast of our ship into this whale and promising that we can fight later when we return from the Grand Line. And then he paints the Straw Hat pirate logo on his head so that he won't attack the Grand... uh, so he won't attack the Red Line anymore, which... Is touching and weird. Uh, Nami discovers that the compass that she has won't work here, and Crocus explains that they need a log post to navigate island island across the Grand Line, with Rathbull being at the end where the One Piece is. Luffy coincidentally found one that was stopped by Mr. Nine and Miss Wednesday, who are meanwhile being attacked for failing their mission. Sanji accidentally destroys the log post, though, because Luffy ate all of their food. And so Crocus gives the one that he has to them, and then Mr. Nine and Miss Wednesday ask for a ride back to Whiskey Peak, their home. It's a bunch of stuff in, like, two episodes. Yeah, no, uh, this was my introduction to this show, um, and it was, it's like a decent jumping on point, honestly. It is the new season, and it's, like, easy to get, easy to get who the characters are to each other, that kind of thing, and it jumps right into this swallowed by a whale thing, which is, you know, like, it's a pretty classic naval story uh it was kind of still a little bit the deep end uh but i did enjoy it even though you're right a lot happens and a lot of characters show up uh but you know they're pretty uh colorful they're pretty uh easy to separate and get to know quickly 
And weirdly enough, Four Kids, which did the first American dub of the series, famously cut out these episodes. <laughs> I didn't know that. Uh, and it's even more hilarious because they become incredibly relevant 600 episodes down the line. Or 300 episodes down the line. Oh, that's sooner than most. Yeah, <laughs> it, it really is. Why so soon? So, uh, Janine, did, uh, Janine, did you have anything to add? Uh, about these episodes? Um, not until we get to the naming, because like I feel like a lot of the, of the names that I chose for these are... No. One name is just really particular that's about the story, so like before we just rehash everything again, we'll just wait for that part. Where were the next round of episodes, Luke? Uh, so, sailing in the Grand Line, the crew is exposed to the mercurial weather patterns, except for Zoro, who was asleep the entire time, and who fell asleep sometime after they were swallowed by the whale. Uh, when he wakes up, they've reached Whiskey Peak, and Mr. Nine and Miss Wednesday depart as the town mayor invites everyone to come in and party, and Nami and Zoro are suspicious of this, but eventually fall for the delights of the town, which turns out to be part of the plan since the mayor is Mr. Eight, and the town is controlled by Baroque works and is full of bounty hunters. And it's also this cool sort of western town with these massive cactuses, but they're really just round, massive globes that are look like cactuses because of all of the uh, grave markers on them, which is fucking great design. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that was a good reveal. Mm -hmm. uh, so Zoro reveals that he knew about the trap, and the entire town moves to kill him, while Nami, who is also suspicious, starts looting the town but can't find anything of value. And we just get, like, a, two whole episodes of Zoro beating the shit out of all of these townspeople. And... Eventually, he runs into the Frontier agents, who all have special code names, which include Mr. Eight, Mr. Nine, Miss Wednesday, and Miss Monday. And there's also Karu, who is a giant duck, and he just continues to clown on them as well. Uh, that is when Mr. Five and Miss Valentine show up, because they're looking for traitors in their organization who know the identity of their boss, Mr. Zero. It turns out that Miss Wednesday and Mr. Eight are traitors, who are from the Kingdom of Alabaster, uh, specifically Princess Vivi and Igaram, who is the captain of security. Uh, Igaram asks Zoro to protect Vivi, so Nami decides to use this as a chance to extort them and then send Zoro to save Vivi. That way he can pay off the money that he owes to Nami. Uh, Igaram explains that Mr. Zero is the leader of Baroque Works, and he wants to create a new country that he can rule over that will be controlled by organization members. Vivi's former allies in uh, Whiskey Peak work to protect her from Mr. Valentine and Miss uh, from Miss Valentine and Mr. Five, but they are too weak. And Loopy wakes up, finds out that Zoro attacked all the townspeople. Loopy thought they were good because they all gave him food, and so he goes to fight Zoro. And meanwhile, Mr. Five and Miss Valentine get caught in the middle of the battle and get defeated that way, which is pretty great before Nami stops Luffy and explains what actually happened. Uh, Vivi goes on to explain that Mr. Zero is, for, or Mint, uh, is uh, building a civil war in Alabasta 
and accidentally reveals that he is Crocodile, who is one of the seven warlords of the sea and a hero to the people. And since Luffy, Zoro, and Nami now know they are marked for death, Igara moves to provide a distraction where he is going to take a boat, disguise himself as Vivi, and take a direct course to Alabasta using an eternal pose. Uh, but he dies in a massive fire, R.I.P. And then the crew reunites on the Going Merry. Uh, that is where they find Miss All Sunday, who is Mr. Zero's partner and who seems to be playing her own game since she both revealed Crocodile's identity to Vivi and Igaram, but also revealed that they knew Mr. Zero's identity to him, and also she just killed Igaram. She offers them an eternal pose, that way they can skip Little Garden, where she thinks they will die, but Luffy refuses, and so she rides away. And uh, yeah, that sets up up for like the next 60, 70 episodes. Yeah, no, you put it that way. Uh, I can see all of that. Like, uh, it felt kind of breezy watching it, but um, yeah, clearly we're setting up like hundreds of episodes here. Mm -hmm. uh, you get a lot there, because like, uh, especially uh, Princess Vivi does go about a like full character change between her initial introduction and like, oh no, she's actually a princess and she is here to help. Yeah, she was, uh, that was aided, that was, that change was around when I switched from uh, dubs to subs, so it really felt like a completely different character. Like, I know they were doing that as the reveal or whatever. I was like, oh, this is like a different person now. So I have a pick for Miss Wednesday, but it's kind of just, kind of just for the Miss Wednesday persona, you know, uh, mm -hmm. which I, which I did enjoy a great deal, I have to admit. Oh, yeah, it's very much a less camp and far straighter version of uh like team rocket from pokemon <laughs> mm -hmm. yeah yeah i can see that uh janine do you have stuff to add i don't know if i have anything like i have opinions i do <laughs> but like i feel like i'm kind of even though i've been watching this entire time and for the first time i feel like i felt like it's weird because like I want to know what this story is further down the line already. Like, mm -hmm. it's great to set up all of these pieces, but like, I also kind of already want to see those pieces moving. And I think, I think the best thing that they did was um, kind of show challenges and then just kind of like laugh in their face for like all of it. Mm -hmm. Like, oh, here comes like these new, more serious, more stronger people from the organization. Guess what? They also get swatted pretty easy, too. Oh, yeah. Like, there's so many great scenes in, uh, like, these episodes. Like, if nothing else, Zoro just home alone a bunch of people, like, kicking their ladders down, cutting holes in roofs is great. And, like, even when you get to the, like, named people, it's a hoot and a half. And there was something like airplane esque about like just watching different people from the entire town just like turn out to be assassins. Oh yeah, this nun and a child—they're assassins. <laughs> the reveal of her cross. <laughs> Please, sir, excuse me. And she holds up her cross, and he's eh. nonetheless batted aside pretty easily. 
yeah, no, I, I, yeah, airplane. You made me think of the lineup of people trying to shake the woman uh, to feel better, just lined up with their various weapons, uh, just getting their asses kicked one by one. Mm -hmm. uh, we then go and check in on now chore boys, Kobe and Helmeppo. Uh, they got into a fight and caused collateral damage, which forced them to work uh, for free for 50 years. Uh, Captain Morgan Helmeppo's dad is sentenced for execution, and Admiral Garp shows up to arrest him. Morgan knocks Garp out, takes his own son hostage, and starts sailing off. Kobe sails after, or Kobe swims after to save his friend. Uh, that way, the Navy won't shoot. And then Kobe and Helmeppo stand up to Captain Morgan, get the shit kicked out of them, and Helmeppo disowns his dad and promises to catch him someday. Garp decides to recruit the pair into, like, actual Navy, uh, brings them to the headquarters, and Helmeppo decides that he wants to get officer status, that way he never needs to work again. He moves to train harder, with Kobe joining him, and the pair rapidly start to grow. Garp overhears that Kobe is friends with Luffy, and decides to fight them to test their resolve, sees both of them are willing to die for their dreams, and allows him to keep training with him. Uh, for context for you, Ken, mm -hmm. in the manga, they will tell stories that are essentially just like single panel shots with like a sentence caption. And they'll tell these like over like 20 issues of the comic or 20 chapters of the comic. And so that's how this one started. So there's a bunch of stuff that doesn't necessarily make sense mm -hmm. just because they needed to find a way to like thread the needle together. Yeah, uh, no, I mean, I, I enjoyed the shift. Like, I did get that sense, like, okay, we are just just jumping off on something else right now. Mm -hmm. uh, I was also fascinated by Helmeppo's hair-slash-chin situation. So, like, that was compelling enough to watch on its own. Um, <laughs> just the most, like, you know, when they're, when they're, like, training up and trying to get better, I'm like, man, just a haircut, man. Just just do something about that. But um, mm -hmm. he did not do anything about that. Anyway, I, I did enjoy them. It's just kind of like a goof, just almost a sidebar or a B-plot or, or something like that. Just a snapshot of another place in time in this world which yeah i mean that's that's what it's there for i i enjoy it i wish that they adapted more of the stories that they have uh but this was the last one that they adapted as one of these two episode arcs which is kind of sad because there's some returns that are set up later on and it's like oh they come out of nowhere in the anime but uh, we are now on to the character uh, mashing. We have 20 characters to get through this week. So are you ready, Janine? As ready as I'll ever be. Are you ready, Ken? I am ready. Let's do this. All right. So up first, we have Laboon, the giant whale with a bunch of scars who will be important for unknown reasons. A while into the future. Uh, I had three suggestions. Only two of them are really good. Uh, I had uh, Free Willy from the movie Free Willy. Uh, I had Moe's secret whale that he tries to hide uh, from Agents uh, Scully and Mulder. And I also had General Sherman, who I think that was me just trying to round things out. Uh, Janine, who did you have? I ask myself, what does the spirit 
of the character say to me? <laughs> this big, beautiful creature, the very large heart and a long memory, I thought to myself, maybe this is not a direct translation to a whale. Maybe there is a laboon of the land, one might be able to say, that could definitely define this character a lot better. And to be honest, I actually did not look to see if we um used any of the characters that I have down. So um, it might uh, be a no automatically, but I'm going to say Stampy. The a bold assumption that we won't have an elephant in the future. <laughs> but will the elephant still have the essence of the Stampy character, the larger-than-life creature that falls in love with the little boy, that they become, have a very inseparable bond that is very heartbreaking when they are inevitably separated? I mean, Stampy just kind of tolerates a part in the episode, and barely saves Homer at the end. But no, I, I can accept Stampy as a suggestion. Who else do you have? Uh, that's it. I was going to argue Stampy for 20 minutes. <laughs> that's the content our listeners are here for. Uh, Ken, who do you have? So I had one pick. Uh, I decided not to let... Size wasn't my determination. It wasn't the thing I was determining on here. I... I, I admit at first that my first instinct on this was kind of a, a lark almost, but I kind of thought about it and I don't know if I convinced myself uh, that it made sense, but I feel like I saw some of Snowball 2 uh, in Laboon. Uh, obviously black, of course. Uh, something about the blankness of the eyes, and I also feel like Snowball 2 was, I'm a cat person, I grew up with a cat person, uh, initially aloof and maybe even uh, uh, off-putting, but actually kind of a sweetheart uh, in, in his silent way. Um, so I just, I don't know, I got major pet vibes um, from Laboon, obviously. Uh, loved his people, wanted to see his people again. Uh, and that's that's kind of where I landed. I just, you know, put a red, red spike collar on him and call it a day. Fascinating. We have, I, I was the one who went very uh, literal with a mist. Uh, I put up Free Willy as my most direct choice versus... Stampy and Snowball 2. I'm leaning between Free Willy and Snowball 2. Oh, okay. I'm going to go ahead and go fuck myself then. <laughs> that's what I took That's what I took from that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I don't know, but but you said Stampy. I was like, oh, yeah, that makes sense. Like, I just like immediately, like, ah, yeah, of course. Uh, so I don't know. I might be voting against my own choice. Uh, I don't know. There's something about elephants and something about this whale. It is It is the, the big and the big, you know. Uh, it, but I think it never something. forgets. Yeah. Damn. Yeah, there's that and there's the that basic sweetness, you know? Uh like I feel like that's a that's a big part of it. Um so I'm gonna go against myself here. I, I, I think Stampy's I think I think Stampy's the move. Janine, are you hardcore Stampy? The people love Stampy. Yeah. You know what? You you got it. You got it. The, uh... <laughs> I don't care if I get anything else now. I know, like are you done? Are you just gonna hang up now? Like, okay, got it. All right. <laughs> Boom, Stampy, out of here. Oh no! The, the very last name is one I'm. I'm gonna also have another argument about. Wonderful. Uh, up next, we have Crocus, the weird doctor with a mysterious past and a connection to Gold Roger. Uh Janine, who did you have for Crocus? Um. I started off with Doctor Hibbert for the obvious, just translation of Doctor to Doctor. Mm -hmm. 
But I also thought very hard about Abe Simpson because of the how the character had this past of being inside of a badass group where Abe Simpson was a member of the Hellfish. Mm-hmm. And Ken, what about you? Uh, I had a couple choices for this one. I, I feel like they're both kind of obvious in their way, but also that's not necessarily a bad thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, first was the sea captain. I don't think I, I don't think I saw him in your list, which kind of surprised me. Um, we, we've debated the sea captain many a time. Yeah, this is actually yeah. not the only place he appears on this list for me. Um, yeah, uh, so yeah, Horatio, I forget his last name, but yeah, the sea captain, of course, for like pretty obvious reasons, I think. Mm-hmm. Uh, but also groundskeeper Willie, uh, he, he's got it's the it's the the brusque kind of uh exterior, and then there's sort of that illusion to like there's a lot go- of weird shit going on, uh, with him, his past, his history, all that, like, and he's got that you know, really abrasive uh, uh kind of personality, but he's like an okay guy, honestly. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's that's kind of where gravity. That was another one I was kind of surprised to see had not already been picked. Um, but those are those are my two: the Sea Captain and Groundskeeper Willie. Well, there's something I'd like to introduce you to called the Uter Pile Kid. <laughs> uh, so I have three suggestions. Uh, there's a veterinarian from Homer Palooza who is pretty much the cheapest doctor that they can afford, which doesn't really fit beyond the veterinarian idea. Uh, there's also the veterinarian from Dog of Death, the guy who fails to resuscitate a hamster via mouth to mouth and then just tosses it into the trash can. Oh yeah, and it has like a little basketball hoop around the mm-hmm. trash bin. The, that was a good guy. The wild idea I have, inspired by facial hair, vibes, and the mysterious nature. And uh, Janine, are you ready to be blown away? Yes. Jasper Beardsley. Jasper hey. Beardsley. Mm-hmm. One of That's uh, a paddling guy. Yeah. <laughs> wow, I was expecting that guy to be stuck in the Uter pile forever. That that's where we send minor characters that aren't good enough for like other characters that we had discussions about. So they or get if I have a really good idea. Or or there's a really good idea that we need to save it for. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I do like Jasper Beardsley. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm a fan of Jasper. All right. Well, it sounds like that's a paddling. It's paging my picks. That's a paddling. Uh, we then have Miss Wednesday, uh, a.k.a. Princess Vivi. Uh, Ken, who do you have for Miss Wednesday? Uh, so I'm going strictly on the sort of Miss Wednesday persona that she has up front. Um, and this was when I was still listening in dubs, which I feel like is important for my selection, uh, which is, I, I'm not sure if I'm gonna get the last name pronounced correctly, Lindsay Neagle, who's like this, the, the, uh, the woman with disposable income, you know, that's how I always think of her. Like, oh, there's nothing in my purse, but a bunch of disposable income. It's the, the kind of snootiness, the kind of above it allness, uh, she dislikes kids. Uh, like, I just feel like this is her. Like, that's immediately who I thought of. Uh, like, I could just see Miss Wednesday antagonizing Marge uh, every step of the way. Um, mm-hmm. so that's that, that's where I that's where I went with that one. So I had two suggestions, one that I feel more confident in. Uh, the first is Eve, who is played by Marge from Bible Stories for sort of the innocence that is lost. Uh, the second one that I have is Young Marge, 
uh, from like the way we was back when she's kind of like trying to figure out who she is before Homer essentially changes the course of her entire life. Like the Marge who goes out to burn bras and is actively debating and who in many ways is like a princess herself, but is but who is trying to find who she is and is ideal uh and who is a lot more ideological than I think older Marge is. Uh Janine, who did you have? Oh, I actually did have um Teen Marge on here. I, I had it, I had it as Teen Marge because um I had Teen Dracula on the brain. Um <laughs> but Hi, it's, Jeff. Yes. So um I guess my vote is for also the same one that I had with you, the young Marge. Or Teen Marge. However you want to put it down. I think that Teen Marge fits. Yeah, it's uh, certainly where the character goes. Yes, I think so. Also, as a side note, they did change her costume uh, in the anime because in the series she just had a series of concentric circles on her outfit. Uh, I say as I look at the image gallery that I have, and in the anime, I think mostly to save them a lot of having to draw circles, they just turned them into, like, diagonal stripes for VD. Uh, we then have Mr. Nine, who I had to, neither of which I was super excited for, so I'm hoping that y'all can uh, surprise me. Uh, I had uh, Hugh Parkfield just because, like, the very princely attitude uh, and wearing a crown was initially, and the gingery hair is what got me there. Uh, I also had Evan Conover, the uh, diplomat to Australia. Uh, Ken, who did you have? Just one guy, and this is purely it made me chuckle choice. Uh, the yes guy, yes. I just I really liked his, the the silly voice, man. The silly voice got me, uh, and that is like it doesn't make any sense on its surface. It does not make any sense, but damn it, that's who I thought of. You know, sometimes that's what it is. You you mm -hmm. seek for the spirit. <laughs> I had um, this one be a, another two part a pairing. Mm -hmm. if you will, uh, with Miss Wednesday for my choice with that. And I chose Artie Ziff. Mm -hmm. uh, specifically, Teen Artie Ziff? Yes. As voiced by John Lovitz, I believe. It's been a while. I haven't seen that episode in forever. Yes. I believe that's correct, yes. I'm, I'm willing to use Teen Artie here. Team Artie? Yep, Teen Artie. All right, so that is a another solo on the board for Janine. <laughs> Nicely done. <laughs> uh, we then have Yorkie, who is the captain of the pirates that leave Laboon behind. Uh, he'll become a bit important in the future. Uh, who did you have for Yorkie, Ken? Uh, I'm going to be honest. I kind of blanked on this one. 
uh, I had I had a difficult time with this one. I had a difficult time with a few of them, so I might defer uh, to the two of you and, and hear your cases. Oh no, so, that yeah. that is a valid option. I, I have done that surprisingly a lot in this podcast. <laughs> you may have gathered I'm a pretty basic Simpsons person, so uh, yeah, <laughs> like a lot is like mm, I don't know, or there's a lot of repetition. Anyway, yeah, carry it on. Uh, Janine, who do you have? Um, I have Duffman. That's good. Uh, which, which Duff Man? How many Duff Men by this point have, have we seen? Uh, I believe we've had at least two of them, but uh, I, I'm just also fucking with you. <laughs> I mean, like, it, it basically means we can be able to use the same character three times. Mm-hmm. All right. I had special guest star and dropping for no reason other than it amuses me, uh, Paul McCartney. He has a Paul McCartney-esque vibe, and I I want to be able to go into the future and say, oh, we could have used Paul McCartney here, but we can't. <laughs> I don't know if I want to do that. <laughs> I mean, I, I, thought, I thought about Yorkie, and like I thought, like, okay, this looks like a character that's going to be like, you know, we're going to see again later on the road. Who's going to be someone who's going to, like, kind of embody whatever vibe this guy's trying to give off and be funny when I see again? And, like, the answer was Duffman, 100%. You don't think it will be Paul McCartney? I think the vibe I get from Paul McCartney, especially in the episode when we do see him, is, like, very... um. I don't know what to say. Like it's it's like a library book. Like oh this this is I guess here and <laughs> a little boring hey, but me Paul McCartney I'm going to see my friend Laboon. So yeah, would you say Yorkie's importance down the line is of a Paul McCartney scale or a Duffman scale? When he reappears, it is a Paul McCartney, like, oh, I recognize that guy. I feel like Duffman's energy is antithetical to what we end up seeing of York. All right, I'll I'll give you that much, but I don't know how I feel about blowing Paul McCartney. <laughs> <laughs> You don't just spend Paul McCartney, folks. <laughs> you don't spend him like it was a dime. Uh, hmm. Like, especially if the joke is like, oh, we could just... Paul McCartney would be good here. How, how many times do you think that the vibe of Paul McCartney would intersect with oh, uh, One Piece? It will be an incredibly sad musical scene. I just I like the idea of kicking Paul McCartney can down the road pretty much indefinitely. Like, is this good enough for Paul? Mm, I don't know. Maybe next time. Like, it just never quite lands. Paul's too special. I mean, that's why we call it the Uter pile, really. <laughs> so you're saying Paul McCartney goes into the Uter pile? I'm saying Duffman on a level would go into the Uter pile. We can. I think table. I think that if like there was a character that had the same kind of vibes as him. We would be calling it the Duff Man Pile. 
if 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 that happened first. Okay, let's table your key for now because we do have a bunch of others to get through. Uh, up next, we have Mister Thirteen, who is an otter who is part of the internal affairs of Baroque Works, who wears a little striped outfit and will throw bombs at people. And Janine, who did you have for Mr. 13? Okay, I had two choices. Both of them revolve around artistry and being a dick. <laughs> All right. Ahem. Choice the first. The caricature artist that makes Lisa sad. <laughs> that That is a thought that I did not have. But very good because, yeah, he does quickly draw everybody's faces. And um, choice the, the two and Andy Warhol. Because he has a scene where he tries to crush Homer with a can of soup. Yep. I had three suggestions. One of them, I think, fits very well. Uh, but I was just trying to pad some of mine out. I had a uh, dinner dog who was a forgettable, itchy, and scratchy character. Uh, the baby seal who got caught in an oil spill and was getting cleaned by celebrities. The one that I actually like is uh, the northern reticulated chipmunk who blows uh, pollen into Lisa's face. Because that's a similarly small mammal asshole vibe. And has become a big meme on the Simpsons Facebook servers. Ken, did you have anyone for Mr. 13? I do. Actually, I have someone because they're presented as a pair, Mr. 13 and Miss Friday. You can probably see where I'm going with this. Um they're jerks. Uh, they're, I'd say they're efficient, but they do get murked like pretty much everyone else. Um, I, 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 I'm feeling Patty and Selma. Like they're just, they're just unimpressed with everyone and everything, and they're jerks. Uh, I feel like that's you know maybe uh, spending some pretty prime characters on some pretty lowly One Piece characters, uh, but I could just really see them uh, chain smoking together. I guess that's really what it came down to. Uh, which one would you have for Mr. 13, Patty or Selma? Uh, probably Selma for that one. I'm going back through here. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I would have to say so. I don't know. <laughs> I do like that though. Like the, the, these guys do give off that same kind of vibe because nothing even moves them slightly. Like it's right. just just being judgmental the entire time they're just they're just like sourpuss dead face the whole time and again they do get murked pretty quick and they're gone and so it feels like using big big characters for little characters but like i don't know man they show up and like i could just you know i could just hear the <laughs> the, the disapproval that's that's really what what's saying to me interesting well i want to see who we also have for miss friday the vulture partner uh to kind of get the full vibes and, you know, min-max these teams that we've got here. <laughs> uh, so I had the Scary Vulture, but also Socrates the Eagle, uh, the one that was supposed to rescue Bart, uh, or, well, technically, Timmy O'Toole from the well, who just flies off immediately and does not want to do that. 
Uh, Janine, who did you have? I had two. I don't know if we use these yet because they're pretty iconic in their own ways. Uh, there is Raven Bart. Mm. And the parrot that Homer argues with at the mall. The parrot that Homer loves to argue with? Yes, the very one. Ooh, I, I do really like Raven Bart. I don't necessarily know that I want to use Patty and Selma mm -hmm. this early for characters that are this minor. Mm -hmm. I figured. And it's also, well, yeah. Um, I wondered, but we're also 60-something episodes in. Um, yeah, okay. I could see Raven Bart. Uh, like, I could see a Raven Bart Northern Articulated Chipmunk team up. I think if they did team up, um, like, it would be bad for everybody, really. Like, oh, yeah. yeah. They, they definitely would have, like, the same vibes together. Yeah, because when the... Uh... I really do like that we could be able to like think about like have to specify through a number of um, animals that are assholes though. <laughs> or a fair amount. Mm -hmm. it, Simpsons has a lot of asshole animals. I mean, we haven't even gotten to the episodes with, with Screamer Pillar in it. Or we might have. So can we do Chipmunk and Raven Bart? I say yeah. yes. Yeah. Yeah. Endorsed. Uh, up next, uh, we have uh, Mr. 8, a.k.a. Igarapoy, a.k.a. Igaram. And I had three suggestions for him. Uh, I had Tito Puente, Bleeding Gums Murphy, and also Mr. Largo. Just going with musician, adult, you know. Yeah, I uh, also had Bleeding Gums. It felt obvious at the time the musician, I mean, he's holding a freaking saxophone. Uh, but yeah, so there's that. I, I don't know why. Uh, and I even wrote it down with a question mark a couple weeks ago, and I don't know why I did it. Uh, Wolf Castle. Uh, and I don't, I couldn't tell you now why. Maybe it's the guns that come out of it. I don't know. Uh, I just seem to take a lot of joy in that. And he has like a German vibe to him. Yeah, it just, I, again, like I clearly was feeling it back then, but also was questioning it at the moment, uh, as I am now. But yeah, Bleeding Gums or Wolf Castle uh, was what I was feeling. Janine. Um, I also had uh, Mr. Largo and um, Bleeding Gums Murphy. So I think the common link between all of us could get it. <laughs> is it's Patty and Selma. <laughs> <laughs> Paul McCartney. Uh, all right. Uh, yeah, we just bleeding him's Murphy, nice and easy. We all agree. Uh, yeah. We didn't. Have, and this uh, is like a pretty important kid. Mister Eight, like, is a a recurring character. I assume past this point. <laughs> uh, we've seen him die, Ken. How can he be? <laughs> i guess you're right what that, a silly that, question that was one of the reasons why i kind of like wanted that as the character too because it was just like well we don't have to worry about the character coming back 
<laughs> yeah, he's just going to keep on going, Mary. Oh my god! Uh, um, you then have you did uh, that on purpose, piece of shit. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we then have Mister Shimbizu, who literally appears for like all of a second, but is important enough to have a name and entry in the birthday. Uh, what is Shimizu's birthday? <laughs> all I remember is he likes booze. That's all I remember. I almost googled Mr. Shimizu uh, Simpsons and was like, no, that's what we're figuring out. Uh, it is December 11th. Wow. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Is that a Sagittarius? <laughs> a Capricorn, maybe. Uh, he is extremely addicted to alcohol and is always interested in drinking. No matter the circumstance, he will always want to have a drink. It is said he would go through hell and high water uh, just to get where there is a drinking party. Wow. Yeah, I feel like they're really. Yeah, no, I remember reading that. I was like, mm, I feel like they're really teeing up an obvious choice here, but I just have to resist uh, on that one. I didn't uh, even see that. Like now, I'm just like, oh, that's on like the cards that they do to pass out some of this information. Um, I do have a, a choice. Uh, he's barely a Simpsons character at all. I don't think y'all have used him. Is Larry just one of the regulars at at Moe's? Because he basically exists as a heartbeat, or you have used him, haven't you? Oh no, no. I was going to say that's who I have. Oh okay, yeah. There you go. He's uh, he's a drunk and he's barely there. Uh, I think that's pretty much it. Uh, he has like three lines in the seasons that people remember. <laughs> uh, Janine, who do you have? Oh, I had two um, widely different characters with the same concept of being a thief, but they're in the same episode. Mm-hmm. It was the uh, camera thief and the wallet thief that both steal from Homer when his first visits New York City. Before he sees the greatest thief of all, Buddy fucking Allen. He knows what he did. Also, he runs into the Chuds. We could use Chuds some. No, we don't actually see the Chuds. We just have references to them. Uh, I'm good using Larry. Like, Larry is a known figure, but mm-hmm. no storylines ever. No, he's no Paul McCartney, that's for sure. <laughs> he's not the best part of Wings. <laughs> Janine, are you good with Larry? I'm good with Larry. Ah, uh, we then have Miss Monday. Uh, who is very strong and unfortunately has to fight Zoro and gets Raskin. She looks uh, good doing it, though. Mm-hmm. Damn, girl. And I'll give you some fun facts once we get done uh, ranking or putting her onto the list. So, Janine, who did you have for Miss Monday? Um, I don't know who used her yet, but Lucy Lawless. Uh, that's, yeah. Okay. That's pretty good. Hmm. Oh, yeah, yeah. Fuck. Okay, yep, yep. I was trying to remember my 
my mind initially went to Lucy Liu, and then it's like, no, Lucy Lawless, Xena, but she's not Xena, she's Lucy Lawless, which is how she can fly. Yes. Uh, Ken, if you have anyone, well, Lucy, Lucy Liu is, a, is the Futurama one. Um, no, honestly, uh, for for a good chunk of the uh, Baroque folk, uh, I just kind of, I, I just, mm, just drew blank. I'm going to let y'all entertain me on, on the next few. All right. Uh... I had uh, either Miss Powell or Bernice Hibbert. Neither of them really fit. I was just trying to use some of the rare black female characters on The Simpsons. There's not many of them. Yeah. So, I mean, for lack of a better option, I am good to go with Lucy Lawless as a very buff woman. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I felt like that definitely, like, hit the spirit of like the character because it looks like the gimmick here is that this is a very strong woman mm -hmm. uh so good news is she ends up going on and having a kid with mr nine oh that's nice but so far i think in the like 10 years since that happened she has not really made another appearance one piece uh, we then have Mr. Beans, who is a child who is also a bounty hunter who pulls a gun on Zoro. Uh, I'm not entirely sure why I had it, other than it amused me. I had Ezekiel, uh, one of the Amish kids who goes to Bart's school, who appears for one scene with uh, Ishmael. Uh, because they aren't allowed to uh, sit in on the lesson. Janine, who did you have? I had two choices. Spill them my, beans. My first choice was Shelby, the Bart Simpson of Shelbyville. <laughs> um, for just having that like like you know, mischievous nature. Um, but the uh, second one was Cool Kid. The kid that um, is impressed when Bart goes to a new school and is able to do a very good armpit fart noise. Uh, because oh. the kid is only like known inside the wiki as cool kid, and that kid with the gun is a cool kid. Kids, if you're listening to this horrible podcast, <laughs> do not... Guns aren't cool. Stay away from... I'm just saying this particular kid is cool because he has a gun. You won't also, be, though. Also, if you're listening to the skids, go to the nearest Apple store and subscribe to this podcast on every device. <laughs> uh, I, I do have one for this one. I misspoke. Oh. Um, it's, it's, it's a little bit of a long shot. I almost see this as um, uh, Jeremy Jailbird, like as basically like further down the path that he was going down, basically. Uh, uh, yeah. Jeremy Jailbird, I do not believe, uh, existed at this point. Did he not? Uh, it was... Uh, year 2000. Oh, yeah. I am wrong. You got me wrong on my own show. Ken. He's fresh, and, and we are admittedly in the in the shadow of 9-11 right now, but yeah, no, uh, Jeremy Jailbird, or, uh, Jailbird, um yeah i like he's a little sweeter in the show but like i could see give him another year uh, another couple of years uh the influence of the wrong nun and he could be pulling guns on people 
Uh, I think we need to appeal to those kids by teaching them that teaming up with an evil nun is a way to stay cool. I'm good with cool kid. <laughs> All right. Janine, you're good with cool kid? Um, sure. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, I'm still processing what I just said. Like, am I going to get in trouble? <laughs> yes. Uh, we then have uh, Miss Katharina, who is the evil nun who works with Mr. Beans. Which, what other podcast do you get to say Mr. Beans? It, it's delightful. If you get a cat name of Mr. Beans... Oh my god. <laughs> it is a wonderful cat name. I think that falls into the naming cats after any type of food is a okay. great name. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Gold cheese or Oreos. Yeah. Beef jerky. Uh, for uh, Miss Katharina, I had Sister Bernadette, who was one that I've been trying to use for years and who, whenever I go to the Simpsons wiki, is the page that it automatically recommends to me in my like. <laughs> Search bar. Uh, so Ken is uh, Miss Katharina, one that you didn't have anything for? I, I do. Uh, again, this is sort of a, a glimpse of the future of Jessica Lovejoy. Um, like I feel like she's you know riding the the pious slash crime line. Um, so not in that moment, but like I could see this is who Jessica Lovejoy could become. Interesting. Uh, Janine. Who do you have? I have Sister Thomasina because um, that was the first nun of some importance that I was able to find on the Simpsons wiki myself. I'm very interested to hear about yours, though. Uh, mine? Yes, Sister Bernadette, wasn't it? Yes. Uh, so she is a character on It Never Ends, played by Allegra Hamilton. And she is supposed to leave the convent and start a softball team with sexy results. (laughs) You know, I like that. With sexy results. I like that with sexy results, yes. Mm -hmm. (laughs) All right, well, then we have Sister Bernadette. Same episode, by the way, that Snake Jailbird's son appears in. <laughs> Fun fact. Results. With sexy results. No. Uh, all right. Uh, we then have Karu, who is a giant duck. Karu's great. Karu, true champion of the series. Janine, did you have anyone for Karu? I had Stuart Duck for Karu. Oh yeah, Stuart the Duck, proud employee of the nuclear power plant. Yes, and as safety inspector, uh, people can look up to. Mm-hmm. I wish he was my dad. Uh, Ken, did you have anyone for Karu? No, I didn't, uh, but I'm super intrigued by how apparently important Karu will be to this series. Oh yeah, Karu's ride or die. Uh, I also had Stuart the Duck. I also had Mr. Ducky, who was Mr. Burns' rubber duck, who almost kills him on accident. But I'm good to go with Stuart. Stuart also wears a hat. Stuart also has a job. And I just like the idea of a larger, normal duck just wearing Karu's hat and saddle. 
Yeah, I'm peeping Stuart Duck right now. I can see this. Mm -hmm. uh, we then have Mr. Five, and in a great bit of cruelty, we can't actually use the person who Mr. Five is based on because he hasn't appeared in Simpsons yet. He would appear in, I think, a season. Come again? Oh, uh, One Piece will frequently just be like, hey, let's use a character based on like someone from pop culture. Oh. Like, there's another big one. Uh, in Actually, there's two more in this episode, like our next two characters after Mr. Five. But, uh... I am blanking on his name. Uh, Lenny Kravitz. Oh, okay. Yeah, looking at the hair. Okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah, uh, Lenny Kravitz doesn't appear until the next season. So, I have four suggestions for him. Uh, Ken, did you have anything for Mr. Five? No, the next couple I do not. Well, it's fine. You are just like the people who responded to Twitter. They didn't respond with their suggestions from Mr. Five, so you're you're in a large <laughs> Me. Janine. Uh who did you have for Mr. Five? Now let me first start off by saying that there were others other characters that I was really gonna be ready to argue over. Uh -huh. And sometimes when you get so frustrated mm -hmm. with a choice that you're not able to have, you kind of just feel like just throwing in the towel in a very extravagant way. I looked at Mr. Five and Miss Valentine and I gave them their characters as a pair together. And I went with Carl and Lenny. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, who's who here, I guess? Uh, Carl is Mr. Five and yeah. Lenny is Miss Valentine. I guess Lenny is fairly fabulous and yeah, okay. We are two of our show episodes away from getting to my ideal Carl and Lenny pair, Janine. <laughs> like, soon, soon I will be good blowing Carl and Lenny simultaneously just getting both of those shafts, working them and All right. So that's the podcast. <laughs> Thank you, everyone. <laughs> Thank you for joining us. No, I'm excited for the episode where you get to 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 nail Paul McCartney, Carl, uh, <laughs> uh, like they just Lenny Kravitz, like they just all line up. You know, like I'm waiting for the stars to align for you. It's like Red Hair Friday. Yeah. Uh, all right. So I have four suggestions, like I said, for Mister Five. So there's the son of the guy who played Huggy Bear, who receives a Emmy. Uh, James Brown. <laughs> Daryl Oates. And also the comedian from Homer and Apu who does the white guys drive like this, black guys drive like this. Mm -hmm. Any of those speaking to y'all? Because mm. I, I feel like Daryl Oates fits in the like he is part of a duo. Yeah, he's got the uh, of of those. He's got the cool factor. 
like the like comedian dude i don't think is like cool like mr i say cool they all get marked again they're all just get completely jobbed but like you know but like he's like cool about it like he's got a good presentation um so yeah i i think that of those i think that would be my pick jimmy lenny and carl <laughs> <laughs> did someone did someone say something did someone hear that <laughs> i did was that my dog did you say that uh, uh... I'm just going to defer, like, I'm just going to, like, whatever you guys decide. I am, I guess, kind of <laughs> checked out of these two, like, after that, after that particular. I have It's not that I wanted heart. to really understand, like, where I was um, coming with that or what kind of, what spirit of the character. I just wanted you to follow my thought process because I did write down some of these things while high so that's, that's just the the area i come from that's that's where the genius lives so let me ask a question so i i picked oats for luke's choices uh obviously i believe miss valentine is is a pretty much a, a um dead certainty for a return mr five is as well uh yes they will appear on the next arc and are they like is that is that it for them or are they like yeah yeah okay <laughs> the Lenny and Carl thing is very, um, I don't know, is the word hypnotizing? It's very hypnotizing to me. <laughs> I'm intrigued by this. Like, they're kind of low-level foils, and they kind of never, you know, like, they are they leave a mark, but they never achieve anything. I don't know, that feels... We feels... are, we have, like, the perfect Lenny and Carl coming up. Two episodes, uh, two episodes of the show. Okay, I don't know. Like, I feel like we should live in the moment, but like, this is your show, <laughs> and I'm just here briefly, so I'll defer. Do we have a tiebreaker? I I think I think that. Uh... I have to do the gentlemanly thing here. Uh, all right. I am double checking some things, doing some maths, doing some science, breaking the law, breaking the law. Okay, so Janine? Yes. I'm willing to give you Larry the Duffman as your thief. This is this is uh, off-script Monopoly rules stuff here, mm -hmm. I feel like. Larry Duffman for Yorkie. That is the original Duffman that we see from the city of New York versus Homer Simpson. I'll take it. All right. <laughs> Witnessed. We're we're here to make deals and also lists. Deal made. Uh do you have anyone for Miss Valentine? Ken. 
I do not, and that is a bummer to me because honestly, of this entire list, she's my favorite character. Uh, she's hilarious. Um, no, honestly, this was I, I had two for Lindsay Neagle, and she was the other one. Um, oh, well, I mean, you can. Yeah, uh, that was another one where I had uh, the name there with a question mark. Uh, but I just something just and it might be as simple as they both crack me up. Um, but I, I, I don't know. It's that that haughtiness and that like the the she's just such a good antagonist. Uh, <laughs> like, and I know Neagle comes around, and that might be why I kind of pegged her for Miss Wednesday because of that sort of turn. But um, yeah, I'll, I'll go with Lindsay Neagle again. All right, uh, I had two suggestions uh, for uh, Ms. Valentine. I had Farrah Fawcett just tossing out another blonde there. I also had Becky, the babysitter who drove Marge insane, and Marge tried to kill her, but uh, it turned out that she had thought about replacing Marge and killing her. <laughs> just for a similar level of murderousness. Because I feel like Lindsay Nagel, you need the business side of things for the full character. Yeah, I guess she's a little more mod than business. Uh, mm -hmm. She's just so put together, I think, is kind of where I was going with that. She's got that coordinated outfit, you know? Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah, no, it's a great look. Mm -hmm. uh, like, I want to say she's inspired by Quiggy. Uh, yeah, that would make sense, yeah. Looking at her smirk. What are your secrets, Miss Valentine? Talk to me. You're wonderful. She just has the one power. Uh, so, Janine, who are you feeling? I really don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, when you when you when you put down Lenny. <laughs> When you're ready just to go with that right there, I think I, like I it's just like the rabbits, George. Hmm. Are we going to run into a murderous babysitter in the future? Not for like eight hundred episodes. Not and by for that, we'll, he says. Yeah, we'll yeah, we'll all be dead by then. That's fine. Oh yeah. yeah. If we're still doing this, when that comes up, then this will using this character right now will be my punishment. <laughs> Very good, Becky. Yes. All right. Uh, we then have Miss All Sunday, who was based on Uma Thurman in Pulp Fiction. No kidding. Mm -hmm. Huh. Okay. Uh, did you have anyone? Again? The only one I had for her was already taken, uh, was Laura Powers, uh, just because she's like, to Bart's point of view, just impossibly cool and out of reach. Uh, like, really, it was no deeper than that. I uh, just like that character too, um, but unfortunately, already spoken for. So I, I have to bow out of that one. Yeah, the 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 Powers family and stuff with her, I've also felt yeah. uh, regrets. Yeah, no, that's that's how the game works. Mm -hmm. Actually, did we also use? Yeah, we also used 
your mom. Yeah. God, we just really threw away the powers. <laughs> yeah, pretty early. Like it was, it's yeah. high up on the list. Uh, Janine, did you have anyone for Miss All Sunday? I had Lucille Butzkowski, another babysitter. Um, one that's very animated beautifully as she threatens Bard on not knowing what she would do if somebody doesn't do what she says because everybody always does what she says. Oh, that's right. She terrified me when I was a kid. I felt that kind of vibes because I feel like that's kind of the same deal with Miss All Sunday because I don't exactly know what the fuck she did to kill (laughs) our boy Mr. Eight, but like... I mean... That would make me want to do whatever she says. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Uh, Miss All Sunday is going to be a fascinating character as we get to learn more about her uh, in future episodes. She had a very like some of them, you know, you like kind of like went by your guide on who's important, who shows up later. Like she shows up as like, ah, this person has main character vibes. Uh, like mm-hmm. pretty much right out of the gate, like ah, okay, yeah, we will be seeing more of this person. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I had three suggestions for her. I had Edna Krabappel, weirdly enough. <laughs> okay. Uh, using some information that I know, uh, I had the kindergarten teacher from when Bart is forced to go back to kindergarten when uh, Sideshow Bob uh, wins the election. And I also had Shoshana, who is Snake's girlfriend, who he, she only appears for one scene, but uh, they go to Moe's restaurant. And she essentially looks cool and is mysterious, never seen again, and is there when Snake runs a massive grift. She certainly has the look. I'm, uh, uh, Edna Krabappel, uh, uh, run through that one for me. I'm interested in this. Uh, that's using a bit more of future knowledge. Also, uh, like, Miss All Sunday is in her 30s mm-hmm. compared to the other characters so on the show. Ancient so, anime standards, yeah. 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 Okay. Uh, and we find out that she is educated. But also, like, fills an antagonistic role, and the relationship changes. Okay, that's interesting. Given that knowledge, I would, I would kind of, I would go at. I think, mm-hmm. I think. Yeah. No, I, I trust the instincts in what you're saying here. All right. Well, then we have. Miss All Sunday. Uh, up next, we have Banshee, who is the giant turtle in a cowboy hat that she rides. And uh, yeah, Banshee is pretty much there for uh, moving things around. I had two suggestions. I had both the Yurtle the Turtle or the Turtle Wax Turtle. Janine? I had three choices and i am very passionate about each and every one of them 
<laughs> yes. Give me the turtles. All right. Number one. The turtle that has Abe Simpson's teeth. Uh, second one. The uh, turtle that you have to follow when you're having a hallucination. Yeah. That's that's yeah, that's good. And finally, the wee turtles, all of them that you must save and be saved from. The wee turtles. <laughs> uh, all right. Uh, do you want to hear some delightful news, Janine? Yes. Wee turtles would definitely have a good purpose. <laughs> God, uh Turtle with Abe's teeth is evocative. Uh can I assume you did not have anything? Uh no, three eyed fish. I just thought it was I don't know, something in the eyes. Um <laughs> something in its soul no it really i really thought of the three-eyed fish that was kind of it i don't know why i went opposite day on all the animals in terms of scale uh i i the when you said the hallucination turtle i was like yeah that's the one um like that just feels like this is you know you see that you if you are hallucinating and you see banshee uh, banshee show up with the hat and the kerchief and all that you're like okay well i'm gonna go wherever you go like that tracks to me yeah, and it's a it's a transportation turtle. Ah, uh, God. Yeah, I'm good with hallucination turtle. So we have our turtle. Uh, we then have Garth. Uh, not the world according to him. I have four suggestions for him. Uh, I have famous actor who I always confuse with another person, Ernest Borgnine. Uh, George C. Scott. Uh, Abraham Simpson, and also Hellfish Abraham Simpson. Janine, who did you have for Garp? I had... If we have not used them already, which I feel like we might, because I feel like these are characters that we have suggested before. McGriff the Crime Dog. And Surly. Uh, Surly Duff? Yes. I don't believe... uh... Nope. Uh, The only results for Mick, we have our Mark McGuire. Ken, did you have any suggestions for actually also had mcgriff the crime dog uh i you know it's maybe obvious but like that's that's a big old dog head in a coat (laughs) i don't know what to tell you man yeah you got up and down certified 100 percent. that's a mcgriff (laughs) yeah like right there like bam there it is there's a mcgriff you see something sucking blood out that's a dracula like you know what are you gonna do that's what it is i guess he's a mcgriff the sea dog or something but you know same idea you know, the two of you are agreed on this. Uh, I've argued enough points for tonight. Uh, Garth is McGriff the Crime Dog. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm excited because I feel like uh, the importance of Garp compared to McGriff is way out of whack. Uh, oh, yeah. No, in like 400 episodes, it will be even more hilarious. Yeah. Uh, then we have Bogard, who 
is uh, Admiral Garp's uh, assistant, who doesn't really do much except look on. Mm-hmm. I I went very on the nose with Humphrey Bogart. Mm-hmm. Jimmy? Rex Banner. Uh, didn't we use Rex Banner? Did we? Yes, uh, because he wanted Rex brand new. Oh. That was a Luke and Janine collab. <laughs> That's right. We were geniuses. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, did you have any other suggestions? I did it. Uh... All right. <laughs> uh, Ken, did you have anything for Bogard? I do. I had a couple. Uh, and the basic idea was like, decently competent henchmen like i you're right bogart like it's interesting how fooled i am by the aesthetics of the characters because you're right he doesn't really do anything uh but my vibe is like oh this guy's got it together you know like he's he's got to figure out so uh lou at least compared to chief wiggum is uh, a relatively competent not stupid um right hand man type uh and also uh just carrying on the sound louie um uh fat tony's guy um again he's just he's just kind of there uh, but he has the basic air of like, all right, he's not a complete buffoon. Uh, so Lou or Louie, I don't know. I also just like the name, apparently. I'm, I'm going to push for Humphrey Bogart just because that is who Bogart is named after. <laughs> and it's based on. Seems like a bit of a ringer. Okay. <laughs> all right. Hey, you win the bring your dog to school contest by bringing your dog to school, Ken. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. I think Bogart is Bogart. Okay, all right. <laughs> like that's how we're doing it then. Now I now I like get a sense of how upset you were that Lenny Kravitz doesn't show up till later in the Simpsons because you were like gonna like no it's Lenny Kravitz. Moving on. <laughs> Paul McCartney. All right. All right. I'll give it to you. All right. In Janine's words, ineligible. Uh, all right. Last we have the news coup who is a bird that delivers the newspaper. <laughs> I have the seagull from uh, Dumbbell and Dimity, which just attacks Homer. Janine, I think this was one that you said you had a very important opinion on. Arnie Pie in the Sky. <laughs> <laughs> I had a feeling. <laughs> Uh, Kim, did you have anyone for this bird? I didn't. I did actually consider Arnie Pie in the Sky. Um, just I don't know. It made sense, so I'm I'm throwing in a vote um, for for Arnie. If if you're throwing uh, your vote behind it, it is late. I'm willing to go with it. <laughs> it's good. I'm glad you like wore you down. Yeah, no, this episode has gone wild, <laughs> wild places. Uh, That's okay. I'm Next episode, we only have like seven people to rank, but it's likely just going to be even stranger. Because, uh, I mean, I, I was working on that list today. I put Frank Grimes on the list. So. Wow. Uh, yeah. 
So uh, to recap, for Laboon, we have Stampy the Elephant. For Croaks, we have Jasper Beardsley. For Miss Wednesday, we have Teen Marge. For Mr. Nine, we have Teen Artie Zip. For Yorkie, we have Larry Duffman. Uh, for Mr. Thirteen, we have Northern Reticulated Chipmunk. For Miss Friday, we have Raven Bart. For Igaram, we have Bleeding Gums Murphy. For Mr. Shimizu, we have Larry the Barfly. For Miss Monday, we have Lucy Lawless. For Mr. Beans, we have Cool Kid. For Miss Katharina, we have Sister Bernadette. For Karu, we have Stuart the Duck. For Mr. Five, we have Daryl Oates. For Miss Valentine, we have Becky. For Miss All Sunday, we have Edna Krabappel. For Banshee, we have Hallucination Turtle. For Gark, we have McGriff the Crime Dog. For Bogard, we have Humphrey Bogart. And for News 2, we have Ernie Pie in the sky. So, Ken, uh, mm-hmm. thank you for joining us for this very weird episode. Do you think you're going to keep watching the series or maybe even go back to the start or make the weirdest choice of waiting for the Netflix live action show to come out? Ooh, no, that's never the answer to that last one. Uh, yeah, no, I, I feel like I, yeah, I might, I feel like I could go back, but I'm kind of in the boat of like, mm, but I've already seen these characters. Let's just, let's just keep it moving. Um, I'll definitely have to um, keep it on subs because of the yelling. Uh, but yeah, I would like to continue with it for sure. All right. Well, and eventually they do get to some recap episodes. So mm-hmm. the magic of anime. Uh well, Ken, uh, where can people find you and your work online? Sure. Uh, pretty much everywhere, Twitter, Instagram, what have you, just at Ken Lowry, K-E-N-L-O-W-E-R-Y. Uh, I make games under Bannerless Games, which is at Bannerless Games. Um, also, I'm on Itch, I'm on DriveThruRPG, I'm on Indie Press Revolution, about to be on Exalted Funeral. Uh, I have a desk job that has some downtime, so I'm just on Twitter a lot. So just bother me there, if that's uh, if that's your thing. All right, and Janine, where can people find you online? Oh, you can be able to find me at on Twitter at Janine Juliet. That's it for now. Yeah, that is perfectly fine. You can find me on Twitter at at Coltreg. That's K O L T R E G. Or you can visit my website at Luke L E K E H E R R dot com. I also have a Patreon where you can get these episodes early if that is a possibility uh i'm also currently doing a magic the gathering ravnica set DD campaign over on established property playhouse where you can also see that pokemon rpg that i did with janine a few years ago our covers are by colt hoskins who you can find at colt hoskins c-u-l-t-h-o-s-k-i-n-s on twitter and you can visit our website at Domanzadon, D-O-H-M-A-N-C-E-D-A-W-N. Or you can find our Twitter at at Domanz, D-O-H-M-A-N-C-E. Uh, thank you for listening to these episodes. Please be intimidated by the challenges that we put out for you to submit characters and suggest characters because we're harsh. That's because we wanted to do the job well. Uh, thank you for listening. Uh, next time things are going to get kinky because there's just going to be a lot of wax and giants and dinosaurs. He, he says this and he knows that I haven't 
ever watched One Piece. So it just it's it's always just jacked up and wild. And it's like, oh, not not only is he just saying that, but like that's actually something that I'm gonna have to for real do. He gave you that and he gave you Frank Grimes. He gave you a lot to work on. This is I know. Pretty, <laughs> ooh, there's some there's some promise here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh we'll see you at Little Garden like a chicka cherry cola. Thank you.